Hi guys and welcome to Deshaming. Deshaming is a podcast and movement dedicated to raising awareness about incest abuse, sexual abuse, and childhood family trauma. I'm your host Pamela Clark and I'm a licensed behavioral therapist. I currently live in San Antonio, Texas and I'm also a survivor of incest abuse. I'm happy to say, I'm, I'm elated to say that today I am thriving. So sit back, relax, and I hope that this podcast and movement prompts you to get involved and helps you on your path to de-shaming. Hey, everybody. We are back for another episode of the De-Shaming Podcast, and today I have the honor of interviewing Annie Margis. Did I say that right, Annie? You did. Thank you. Oh my God. She has a beautiful last name, but I'm terrible at that, especially if I get nervous. Um, she is an author, a writer, and a movie producer. And next Thursday, October 15th, is the release date for her beautiful book that covers all the ugly truths about uh, incest abuse. The title is The Ugliest Word. And again, that's going to come out on October 15th, and it is available on Amazon. So Annie is an activist in this area uh, of incest abuse. She wholeheartedly agrees with me that we have to say the word to end the taboo and make people pay attention to what's going on inside their house and not look for stranger danger and what's going on outside of the house first. That's always the, that's the thing that I hear from most people is, well, I teach my kids about stranger danger. And that's fantastic, but a lot of times, um, it's family danger that we have to pay attention to. So I'm going to have and see if Annie will please and lovingly share part of her story of her past with all of you guys. Annie, are you up for that? Yes, I am. Thank oh. you for asking. Awesome. I like to share from the very beginning. I was born, I was the fourth child and the second daughter. So I wasn't needed at all. They had boys. They had one girl. I was totally extra. And when my, when I was born, my mother had pneumonia. So the nuns put me out in the hallway so that she could sleep when I was crying. And I got staff and I brought home boils Weepy boils all over my body, gave it to everybody. Oh, no yeah. one would touch me because I was all covered with boils. And 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 it wasn't a warm welcome. They didn't like me much because no, of that. None of your siblings? Well, you know, they kind of got over it. Um, I was very close to one of my brothers who's only a year apart from me. Uh, we spent most of our time together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, like so, so I was the extra girl, and I don't know if I was singled out for sexual abuse or not. Um, I don't think so. But it started when I was very young. I remember I can feel myself sitting there and my feet don't touch the ground. I'm little. I'm a little kid. And I have, I have uh, a lot of memories, pretty clear. Everything's pretty clear. But I didn't have for a long time because when I was in the fifth grade, I had a breakdown. 
and I had to stay home from school for a year. I had compulsive hand washing and I was delusional, but they didn't take me to a psychiatrist or anything. Um, They just kept me out of school. And when I emerged from the other side of this, I had forgotten about the abuse. It was no longer part of my awareness. So I wasn't knowing about it, going to school every day. It was no longer in my mind. Oh, wow. And it didn't, it didn't come back to me until I was, I think, in my 40s. And um, yeah, somebody called me and started talking about it and bam. Oh, wow. It, it just like opened the door and there it all was again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so common. It's so common. That repression of those memories, yeah. so common. I don't think I would have survived mm-hmm. if I was aware of it all that time. Right. I probably would have killed myself. Yeah. The mind is amazing. It really will handle a whole lot of crap for you and, and allow you to survive. I mean, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, brain. Right. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, brain, for for only giving me what I can handle at the time. So after you remembered, what happened after? What did you do after that? How did you? I became very ill. Um, I became so ill that I had to stop teaching. I I was ill for quite a few years before I quit, but it got so bad that I had to quit. And um, when I retired, I right away went to a, a therapist and said, I need to work on this because I had never talked about it, you know, never, never gone to a therapist about it or anything. Yeah. So I, I went to him and um, that was when I started thinking about it. And then and then I went to a play about incest that was playing at a local theater in town. Wow. And after the play, yeah, this is back in 2005, I think. Um, after the play, there was a panel from a peer-to-peer support group for incest survivors. And so I met them and I joined their you don't really join. You just go to their meetings and they give you the opportunity to talk for five minutes without interruption. And nobody talks back. Nobody comments on what you've said. You just share your story safely. Um, That that was the kind of meeting I was in, but it was anonymous. You could not tell anybody you were in that meeting or tell anybody that your friend was, you know, yeah. Big anonymity, which I never agreed with. I thought, why? Why do we have to be anonymous? Well, and it's funny. It, it's funny because it sounds like to me, and this is just my perception of what you just said, it sounds like there was some sort of something you should have been ashamed of by it having to be anonymous that you couldn't openly share it with people so that they could come in and heal. And you right. hear that fear that's laced around that word, you know, because it involves the family. It involves, you know, instead of, now, had you gone to a rape crisis center or a rape abuse group, or it wouldn't have been the same, you know, they would have openly, 
it's everywhere. You see those things everywhere, you yeah. know, places that you can go for that kind of support. I'm just even shocked that there was anything like that in 2005. That's amazing. Yes. As a matter of fact, that organization was created back in the 80s. You're probably too young to remember, but there were a lot of cases in the news. And then they had that false memory scandal stuff going on. I do. And so people stopped telling their stories. But this organization has continued all those years. That's amazing. And they still exist now. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. Okay, so how did that help you on your path? Being with other people that it had happened to was a big eye-opener because, of course, you think you're the only one in the world that that would ever happen to. Right. And it's because you're a horrible person, you know. Right. But to see, I would see these wonderful people who weren't horrible at all, and it had happened to them. And so I could I could kind of reflect back on myself that I'm not horrible either. And I was so mad at their abusers I would get even angrier at mine and say, hey, you know, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, exactly. That was was good for me. Saying it out loud was really good for me. Does it still help you now to say it out loud, like talking now about it, or is it it still difficult? No, it's not difficult. Um, I talk about it pretty openly. And I say the word incest. I don't shy away from it. Yes, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, no, I I talk about it openly now. But it took years. I mean, 2005, that's 15 years ago that I started working on this. And for a long time, I had such social anxiety that I couldn't really leave the house. I didn't have any friends. Even when I was working, I had it. And so I didn't have a social network at all because I was a hermit. Yeah. Can I ask, do you mind if I ask you a question about something I read in your, the article about you in the Empowered Voice? And you guys, I'm going to give you, everybody listening, I'm going to give you a link to that um, article about Annie. It's beautiful and sad and tragic and all that, but it's really brave. In it, and it, this is something I really related to, Annie. When you talked about the the sin and you were covered in sin and then the part where you um, washed your hands so much that the skin was raw, trying to get that. When you were that kid, was there anybody who recognized that as it was going on? Not, Not that I'm aware of. Nobody ever said anything to me like a grandma or anybody ever um, my my mom said I had bad skin, chapped skin, and she would make me wear gloves to protect my skin. But uh, no, no help. That's oh, it's awful. So you guys, the article I'm talking about, it's on a it's an e magazine, um, and it's called Voices Heard, and it's and again I'll post the link on the Instagram page and on the web page. Um, it's the Empowered Voice, and it's at empoweredvoicetravelingexhibit.com and it's beautiful I mean it's not I hate to say that word it sounds so ridiculous oh it's beautiful to hear how tragic your life was what's beautiful about the article is how brave you are and what you share and say and how you took that and changed your life how you you made that into something well 
first you did the um, hotline, didn't you, in 2012? You created I did. Yeah. Yeah. A phone conference line where people could call in and, and it was still like a meeting where people would take turns. Same thing. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. And you did that in 2012 and that was for incest victims? Correct. See, that's amazing. Specifically. That's amazing to me. Cause there was, and we nothing. got people from all over the world calling in. Oh, I just love that, Annie. I just love that. I do. When I read that, I was like, God, that would have been, you know, as a kid to know there was something out there like that. That, Although as a kid, I don't know that I would have even understood that what was going on was, Was I like it was something that I should even not, you know, protest or anything like that. Um, Okay. So you go to therapy, you've got friends. Yay. That's awesome. (laughs) So how do we get to this point of this beautiful book, this brave book that you're about to come out with? Okay, so it started off um, when I was just first remembering. I I met somebody who said, that happened to me. And so that, that was the first anybody ever said that to me. And so I wrote a poem about it and I gave it to that person. And that was a big step to write something, to communicate this happened, put it in writing, give it to someone. I don't think I gave it to much anybody else, but at least I gave it to one. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. And then that story kind of morphed into a short story, which I showed to a couple of people. And then over time, it developed into a theatrical play. And um, it was actually read on the phone line a couple of times. Oh, I love that. So that's, that was cool. Um, so I have this theatrical play, and I'm working with a client as a ghostwriter, and he's a movie producer. And so I give him my play, and he reads it, and he says, yeah, yeah, let's make this movie, but you have to rewrite it. He said, it's just about adulthood. Now I want it to be about your childhood. Oh, wow. And so I took it and rewrote it about childhood. Not my childhood, it's fiction. Right. Um, about childhood. And I gave it back to him. And he said, oh, no, I couldn't possibly do this movie. Yeah, it was too much for him. He couldn't, he couldn't deal with it. Amazing. Yeah, but luckily I have another producer that I gave. Um, the, now I had a screenplay that I had written. I gave that to him, and he said, "Oh yeah." So he is the producer of note on the project, and right now we're kind of waiting around because COVID. But yeah. but basically we're in the money raising step, so we we need to find funding to to film it. That's amazing, Annie. That's really amazing. I can't imagine the lives that you're going to touch with that because yeah. it's on a screen, you know, and people get to see it. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I think it'll be. A I bit. wonder, though, will people want to watch it? Will people want to go to a movie like that? Sure. They won't want to. No, I think it, I mean, as with anything, just like this, what I do here, I get nasty messages you know, it's, it's really interesting, but I also get people who reach out and they're, you know, this is amazing. Thank you for this. And I'm sure you'll get both of that. But the point is people are going to see it and they're going to talk about it. Thank God. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, whether it upsets them or they embrace it, people will be forced to talk about it and say the word. And that's the whole goal is exactly. to get people to talk about incest. I actually have a petition. I don't know if I mentioned that to you. A little petition on change.org. And all it says is, I support talking about childhood incest. What? That's on change.org. Change.org. It's under my name. It's like change.org slash me. Okay. And, um, and probably if you just put childhood incest, it would come up. I don't know. But, um, yeah, that's all it says is, you know, if you sign it, it just means you support talking about it. It's a Word. start. I love I wanted, to, I wanted to change the U.S. Constitution yeah, me first, too. you know. But then um, people were saying, why don't you start with something that everyone will agree with and sign on to? So yeah. I love this- that. Okay, guys, well, that will be on Instagram or the webpage, too. I'll get a link to that. It's funny, one of the things, talking, taking a little detour from the book for just a second to talk about along the same lines as the change.org, I really, if you look at what upsets me the most about our judicial system is that the statute of limitations for incest abuse is so short. I mean, it's really amazing to me. And each state is different. When that kind of universal abuse because it happens to everyone male female does not matter your color your sex doesn't matter your sexual orientation or your socioeconomic background it is happening in every house yep and so my big thing is we should have a universal it should be a national statute of limitations and it should be longer that's what i'm heading toward getting some work. There should be no limit at all. Like with murder, there's no limit, right? Precisely. You can always go. It ought to be like that. Because look at how old I was when Mm -hmm. I started to remember. Exactly. Although you suffered the repercussions of that abuse your entire life. Yes. Yes, I did. And your body. So, I mean, all of that, I mean, we'll, we'll have to do another podcast on that. This is all, this is about your beautiful book, but it just got me thinking about that. It's, it's not fair. And it isn't just at all that we are not allowed to, to do that now. Um, Okay. So how do we get to the ugliest word as a book? As a book? Well, the screen came, screenplay came before the book. (laughs) So I've got this screenplay and we're just kind of hanging out looking for money. And it occurs to me that what do I know about screenplays? I always wanted to write a book. So I took that screenplay and adapted it and made a novel. That's amazing. It evolved quite a bit in that transition too. I think I improved it a lot. Yeah. How did it, how did it change? Can you give us an example of like how you started out with the book? Well, um, you know, in a screenplay, there's not a lot of prose. It's just basically, you know, who said what and a little bit of description of where you are. So I had to put in all of that prose that you would expect in a novel. And um, well, that's what I did. (laughs) It wasn't difficult. No? No, not really. Uh Because I had already seen it in my head for the film. Mm -hmm. So I knew what was there. 
in my head already. That's amazing. It's beautiful. I haven't finished it yet, and I apologize. I know. Don't kill me. I promise. I'm, but it's there, and it's beautiful. And the way, what I really like the most is that, and I don't know if, you, if this was an intentional format, but the way that you write it, you show the grooming, and you, you show it's that it's not like, um, okay, this happened and he touched me here and there. It's, it's all of those things that go along with the actual physical act. It's, it's the, the things in a family, you should be able to trust what your father says to you. You should be able to trust that they have your best interest at heart and you show this little girl who thinks, okay, well, these are my family. You, you know what I mean? Like, and that's what I really loved about it is that it's, well, it's beautifully written and it, it's that emotional portion of the betrayal of the people who are supposed to teach you how to have a relationship. That was incredibly impactful for me. I mean, it was really beautiful to see that written down do you know it wasn't clinical there's nothing clinical about it and that's really all you read in regards to uh any type of sexual assault or abuse or you know and people will tell their stories and out loud and we don't generally want to go into too much detail right you know because it's painful it is painful to talk about but to see that written down and for you to to portray that was beautiful. I, I, there's going to be a million women and men who relate to all each step that your abuser took. Thank to, you. You're welcome. Well, thank you for writing it. I mean, that's just amazing. Okay. You know, I chose fiction for the reasons you were saying that what's out there is mostly clinical or, or memoir. And I just felt like I could be more impactful if I, if I used fiction. Uh, absolutely, because it allows, I think it allows the person reading it, if they are someone who is a survivor of incest abuse, to put their face on it, you know, so instead of me picturing you when I'm reading it, I'm allowed to picture me yes. or whomever, you know, and that's beautiful. I mean, that's because whether or not we all have the same detailed story, we all have the same story. Yeah. It's the, It's the same you know, uh, with each survivor and thriver that I speak with, there's always that thread that runs through it. Uh, we're like, wow, we have a lot. I mean, I was reading your story a in the lot magazine, in and I'm like, whoa, because mine wasn't my hands, but I would stand in the shower and, and let the hot water run on my back until I would get sores, okay. you know? And so it was, it's the same thing though. It's like, let me wash this away. Let me get rid of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's that thread that runs through it and the way that you put that down in that book for someone and the title I love, I totally dig the title. It is so good because it is, it's the ugliest word. I mean, we don't talk about it. And I like to, when people ask me, what is the ugliest word? <laughs> I make them guess first and nobody ever guesses it. And then when I say incest, they go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I love the way you just said that. I wish you guys could see her beautiful little face laughing. <laughs> but it's, and, uh, 
and neither one of us are laughing for people listening. No one's laughing out of disrespect. And Annie and I had a brief conversation about this before we started. If you don't find things to laugh about in your story, you can't survive it. It's just that big. Like it just is. And, and it, it is funny because the word is so taboo that it doesn't even cross anyone's mind. Like, and that's, that's what's funny, but not funny about what you just said, because you're probably standing in front of these people going, nope, not that one. <laughs> and they're yeah. like, well, this one. And then after you say it, they're like, oh, like they're not even supposed to think it. Do you know what I mean? Right. And yeah, that's it's very taboo. Extreme. We have a saying in our in the meetings I used to do. Yeah. The taboo is not in committing incest. The taboo is talking about it. Exactly. Exactly. I love that you just said that. Say that again. The taboo is not in committing incest. The taboo is talking about it. Exactly. And then again, the shame is always put on the victim. Yep. That's crazy. Because were you, were your abuser prosecuted? Was your abuser prosecuted? No, no. He lived to be a ripe old age. Did anybody in your family confront him about it? Yes, my little sister did. She confronted him, and uh, he denied everything, and they quit speaking for a while. But then, you know, we all sort of kept visiting them <laughs> i i did cut them off at one point and stayed away for a few months but then one of my brothers said you know it's really hurting mom why don't you start talking to him again and so i did it but and see if yeah, this is someone I, outside of your home who had done this to you no one would ever expect you to speak to them again yeah, right. And why did I, you know, it was crazy too, but it, it never really occurred to me that I had a choice exactly. that I didn't have to. That's perfect because it was the same in my family. It's not, you're, you're expected to, you know what I mean? Like, and it's not a, like I was never forced to be around my abusers, but it's your family. Like, what else are you going to be? I mean, I cut them off a long time ago. My abusers, long, many, many, many years ago. But it was, Good. there wasn't ever that feeling that I was expected to forgive and forget, essentially, <laughs> by certain members. Not all, but by certain members of my family. I was, and, and that's, no one would expect me to do that for a guy that raped me. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, and that that's the the sad part about yeah. this particular topic is that you don't have the luxury of walking away. It's too complex. It's too that there's there because then you lose your whole family. And how is that fair to you? It's not fair to you at all. And so, was there ever any kind of a um, peace made or? admission or but that's in the book so we don't need to say that that's in the isn't that in the book it's not about you but yeah it's fiction yeah um no there was never any admission there was never any apology there was never as a matter of fact he used to tell me that he was a good person and he was going to heaven 
Oh, nice. I love that. Yeah. What? Yeah. And one time he said, I had some um, religious pictures up, but they were in my bathroom, which is okay with me. And because we need blessing. And so my dad said, oh, you know, we shouldn't hang religious pictures in the bathroom. And I said, you know, we need protection everywhere, even in the bathroom. And he had abused me in the bathroom. And so that was the only thing I ever said that was close to accusing him. And that's probably why he said that you shouldn't have them in the bathroom. That's probably why. What an asshole. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but he's going to heaven, he said. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No. No. You can't be forgiven for something that you don't acknowledge. That's right. And that, I mean, that, you can't. That's not possible. It's not possible. Anyway, okay, so what else do you want people to know about this amazing book? And I'll stop interrupting you, I promise. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, it's not very long. It's uh, People tell me it's a quick read, and they often read it at one sitting. Uh, it just has little short chapters in it. So I think, I think it's easy to read. <laughs> it is a really easy read. It is. I enjoyed it. And it was very much engaging in that I wanted to continue. But with work, I'm sorry. I promise you I will be finished with that book. I promise you. Um, okay. Well, Amazon.com, right? Yes. Under And, and my webpage, too. My webpage has a link to Amazon on it. Or is it goes directly any... to the book. My webpage is theugliestword.com. Okay. And I'll have that on the page as well, guys. Oh, that's There's so a link on there to sign up to like follow and get um, announcements and things about the movie. And that's the same page that has um, other resources on it, right? Yes. That's what I thought, because there were forms that I think I saw about abuse and how to recognize it and statistics yes. and stuff like that. Oh, yes. that's amazing, Annie. And your publicist is lovely. She has been great at putting all this together. She was easy to, to hook this all up. And hopefully well, we'll, glad. we'll have you back on. Are you going to do another book, do you think? I am working on another book on a different subject, much lighter it's about death. <laughs> <laughs> it's an autobiography written in terms of the people I've known who died. Really? Yes. That is my new book. Oh, I like that idea. I kind of like that. Well, I'll be sending you chapters then. Uh, please do. Yeah, we'll totally have you back on to talk about it. Because it's important to me on this to see women and, and men, whomever, survivors of incest abuse, really thriving. And you really are thriving. I mean, it's really super impressive that you are getting, you got a book published about incest abuse, and you're having a movie made about incest abuse. I mean, I don't think it gets more advocate work or better advocate work than that, Annie. And I'm just really, I'm honored that you wanted me to read it. And I'm honored that you wanted me to talk to you. And uh, anything that DeShami can do to support you, you just let us know. Because you're pretty badass in my book. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. You're totally badass. Super badass. I mean, this, is, this has been really good for me. It's really nice to see uh, a woman who's 
taken all that pain and turned it around to help other people. I love that. It took me a long time, but hope is possible. Healing is possible. Yeah, yeah. When I look back at how I was, it's very tragic how sick and crazy I was. Yeah. And but I'm looking back. I'm not like that anymore. I love. I'm glad that you shared the isolation part too. About you know, even though you go to work, you would come home and want to be alone. I totally understand that. It's the shame that you carry from the abuse that prevents that connection. Mm -hmm. Well, I like so much shame. Yeah, well, we're deshaming right here, girl. We are that's right, deshaming. That shame belongs to the abusers. It's not your shame. That's the hashtag. Be brave with me, and um, your shame does not belong to me because it doesn't. It doesn't. Every day I get up and tell myself that I think of my abusers and I picture saying to them. Your shame doesn't belong to me. You're the you're the gross one. You're the disgusting. Yeah. You know I'm pretty awesome. Yay! <laughs> well, thank you for being here with us, Annie. I'm so grateful. And for everybody out there, um, again, her book comes out on October 15th. The title is The Ugliest Word. It's going to be beautiful. You can find her book at either Amazon.com or TheUglyestWord.com. And I'll put links to all those on the webpage and or um, Instagram, whichever one will let me hold the most. And we will have Annie back. And we both, um, both myself and the DeShaman community, look forward to hearing about your second book. And Thank I you. And don't forget to sign the petition. Oh, that's right. Sign the petition. Yeah. Sign the okay. petition. Yes. And I'll post, so I, I wrote it all down, but sometimes my little brain is like, I didn't see that. Um, Mine just is. <laughs> I love that. And I look forward to seeing this book on the New York Times bestseller list. That's my goal for this. So we'll be Aww. promoting it and, and pushing it any way that I can. I promise. Thank you. I really appreciate well, that. I do. I appreciate your bravery. Okay, guys, thank you for being here today with us. And we hope, and pray that this helps you on your path to shaming. And we will see you again in two weeks. Okay, take care.